Hi guys, just a reminder, this podcast will contain swearing, spoilers, and it is all our own opinion. What's going on guys, I'm Josh. And I'm Kate. And this is Paula Aaron, the show you're only listening to because you can't be watching TV right now. We're back. We're back, we made it. We're alive. Been on two planes. Yeah, not just back on the podcast, but back in the country. Woo! We spent a couple of weeks in Japan. We did. We spent two weeks in Japan. We spent one week in Tokyo and one week in Osaka. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, I think Japan kind of feels like it was made for us. <laughs> not made for us, but like we meshed really well with that country. It's definitely our go-to at the moment, I think. I'm going to go back next year. Mate, I'm probably going to try to come with you. It's going to be weird. Well, one of my best friends is moving there in August, I think it is now. Yeah. So I can go back, free accommodation. Woo! Look all the cool stuff there again. Just walking around in Tokyo at night is just insane. Oh, it's so good. What was your top moment? Oh, it's really hard. I really enjoyed the food. We basically had two shitty meals the entire time we were there, and they weren't even really that bad. We did go to Universal Studios for a day. It was very expensive, but it was definitely worth it. It was the most expensive thing we did. How much did we, we end up paying? It's like, it's like 80 bucks to get in there, but you've got to pay 250 bucks on top of that just to go on everything because the lines for the rides are like four hours long. So people in Japan are happy to line up even if they don't know what they're lining up for. That's all we <laughs> learned. It was so worth getting those $250 passes. It was amazing. We basically didn't have to wait. For any rides. You felt mm-hmm. kind of bad walking past all these, like, school kids. Yeah, I was going like, to say. Like, 14-year-olds, like, see you later. So you felt bad. I felt amazing. No, I just, yeah. It was worth it. It was definitely worth it. The highlight of my Universal Studios was it was meeting Hello Kitty. Yeah, yours was a bit less impact than mine. But Kate met Hello Kitty. That was an experience. Meet a person dressed as a cat. <laughs> it was good, but there was a lot of people trying to, like, get photos with her and stuff. There was a lot of people. My favourite thing about that was how she shook your hand. Yeah, she, like she didn't know she what She didn't know what, what you were doing, knew what a handshake was, and she like grabbed your hand and then went side to side <laughs> instead really of up cute. and down. So funny. It was a little bit awkward, and then she didn't know what pose I wanted her to pull because I think she wanted me to tell her in Japanese, but I didn't know how to say. I thought she picked the poses. I don't know. She did one where she just put one finger in the air next to her head Yeah. and then held my hand. It was pretty cute. It was so cute. My favourite part was probably the flying dinosaur. That I ride reckon. was amazing. It was amazing. You were basically, you're sitting in a harness and then you're not sitting anymore. You're <laughs> laying down on your stomach and then you just get shot out of this fucking thing. If you haven't heard of the flying dinosaur before, I recommend you go on YouTube and you look at somebody did a GoPro on the flying dinosaur. Yeah. And it doesn't do it justice realistically. But it was amazing. Gives you a bit of an idea. Gives you a bit of an idea. My favourite part about that, though, was Jack, because we went with Kate's brother Jack to Japan. My favourite part was as we were nearing the top of the very first drop, you just hear this in the distance. Fuck, 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 fuck. And then you go over the top and it's fuck. (laughs) Because Jack is afraid of heights, but decided that rides are fun. Yeah, well, he had to confront his fear of heights a few times. We went up the top of the Tokyo Tower. We did. Well, I think the hardest part for him was we went up the spiral laneway in 
the science museum. Yeah. Because you can't see any of the suspension. It mm. just sort of seems to float there. And it's kind of see-through as well. Couldn't you see through the floor? Or through the wall? You can see through the, the sides of it. Yeah. And then also the other <clears> thing was that weird Ferris where we went on. Oh, my God. Tonbury. Yeah. Mate, forget that shit. Huge Ferris wheel, massive. And you're in a pod. And the inside of the pod swings freely from the outside so that you're always sitting upright even though it goes around in a squircle. <laughs> it just goes so high and it makes so many groaning sounds and we were very not happy. And then when we left, we looked it up online and found out that it had been shut for how long? A while, like... Years? Yeah, five <laughs> years or something. Five years because of safety concerns and it had been open for two months yeah. and we went back on yeah, it reopened in like the start of February and we went on it in March. So it had only been reopened for like less than two months. Jesus. And it felt like it. Oh my God. But I think I safe. was the bravest of all of us though. Mate, good on you, but like <laughs> in this situation, it's not a compliment. My other highlight would have been the robot restaurant. Would you go to the robot restaurant? Do you want to try to explain uh, what I've, the robot restaurant I've is? I've tried to explain it to people who have no idea what it is and it never goes well because... You just can't describe it. You just go into this room. It's quite long and there's two rows of seats on each side. And then you're just barraged with lights, massive like robots, people in crazy costumes, loud music. It's just a performance basically. I think it was four 15 minute slots. Yeah. And it was just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I have never smiled so much in my life. I have a lot of footage of you smiling. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It's called a robot restaurant, but we found out you're not supposed to go for the food. We did actually get the food and it, it was, was terrible. terrible. That was one of the two bad meals that you were talking about. But it cooked itself. Yeah. So it's like in Japan you can get these bento box meals where you basically rip a cord. You Beyblade it. And then it just basically heats itself up. There's like a chemical reaction and it just starts steaming and then your meal's warmed up. Yep, in 10 minutes. Yeah, so that was kind of cool, but the food tasted absolutely awful. Oh, it was garbage food, yeah. The drinks were good though. <laughs> drinks in Japan are pretty good. Oh, so cheap. <laughs> but we all ended up getting a little bit wasted at the robot restaurant and we were so pumped from it. Let's go out, let's go out, we don't want to go home. So I ended up calling my friend who's moving to Japan she told me about this club that she used to go to in Tokyo when she was there. $5 entry for women, $10 entry for men. And all you have to do is follow them on Instagram and then instantaneously unfollow them on Instagram when you get inside. <laughs> I'm actually still following them. Though. Yeah, me too. I forgot. <laughs> so you pay that, you know, minimal entrance fee. We got there at about 10 o'clock at night or something like that. Free drinks until 12. Yep. So we drank for free for two hours and got absolutely obliterated. We did. Kate poured the contents of her bag on the floor on no less than four separate occasions. And we had to go to the Lost and Found to try to find all of Kate's gear. Oh, do not know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> the whole computer just went a weird checkerboard of death. I think it tried to go on screensaver. I've got a brand new computer, guys, for editing our brand new show. Pilot Era's Pajama Era, and also some of our Japanese trips, funny bits that I will upload soon. But having a new computer, I think it tried to go into screensaver mode 
and Audacity tried to not let it, and I think my computer might be a bit more advanced than Audacity and finally won out. Got a bit confused there. That was scary as shit. All right. The robot restaurant and the club. Yeah. So, yeah, we ended up getting absolutely obliterated. I lost all my stuff. Got it back, though. Managed to get back to... The Airbnb in almost one piece. I think I threw up in the street a couple of times. Well, we were in the cab maybe four or five times. You said to me you had to get out of the cab right now. And then on the fifth one, I realised you were just laying down half on the floor with your seatbelt off. And I thought, yeah, probably need to get you out of the cab. I need to get out of the cab while Jack went home. And we were so close to home. (laughs) But I'd given Jack the internet because they have portable internet in Japan. So I had a lot of trouble finding it. Oh. Yeah. We were basically like two blocks away from our street and we walked past it another two blocks before I realised and then Oh no. turned around. You see, I don't remember any of this. You're lucky. It was a good time. <laughs> but to be fair, that was the only night where I got like a bit silly. The rest of the time was quite tame. Well, you also wasted an entire day. Yeah. You had to be in bed the next day. I know. The next, I felt so bad. Like, we didn't do anything for a whole day. We just kind of stayed at the Airbnb. We, we ventured out for dinner, but that was all. You had a good time. I did. It was a really good night. I'd definitely go back to the robot restaurant if I went back to Tokyo. It was amazing. I'll put up some clips of it just so you guys can see so we can't don't describe it. I did really like the robot restaurant has got big robots. Everything's really colourful and everybody's in really colourful costumes. And then there's... Also, the operators of the robots also wear very colourful costumes, but they don't sing or dance or smile. (laughs) So there's basically these skinny, nerdy dudes in full, like, basically carnival outfits walking very meekly and sadly beside these giant robots and lights and these girls in bikinis dancing. (laughs) And they look amazing. I love those guys. Yeah, they're pretty funny. They made my goddamn night. Apparently, the robot restaurant show used to be way more like sexual and stuff. Yeah, but then it became for kids. Yeah, now it's suppo- now it's all family friendly. Like, yeah, the women wear pretty skimpy clothes, but apparently there used to be like a lot of jokes and entendres and a lot more like over the top sexy. But... I feel like they wouldn't hit based on what we saw. But <laughs> could have been completely different back then. Oh, it was amazing. It was pretty great. Just thinking about it now. Watch our videos, guys. I'll put them up and, of course, we'll let you know on Instagram and everything when they go up and probably let you know here because, fuck, it's going to take me a long time to edit them. Yeah. There's also going to be the video of us watching The End of the Fucking World. Yep. And watching Alter Carbon, which is what we're doing for this episode. We sure are because you guys can read. (laughs) But, first of all, we'll talk about a few other things that we've got on our list here. Why not? Let's do it. The weekend after we got back from... Japan. Like we got back on Monday morning. Yep. On Saturday, we went to download music festival, which we've been looking forward to for a while. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. I think we have prefaced this with uh, we went to work on Tuesday. <laughs> oh yeah, got back Monday morning. I think we got home at ten a.m. or something. <sighs> Basically slept all day and all night. And went back to work on Tuesday. Don't recommend it. Fun times ensued. Yeah. What did you think of download? It was awesome. It was well organised. You had there was enough toilets and stuff, and there was lots of food, and big space, but there was a lot of people, so you didn't really get to see the bigger bands. You didn't get to see them as much, and it's very flat at the racecourse. Like yeah, it's very very flat. You get sort of an uphill slope on most of these festivals. They have it set up that way, but the racecourse itself is like dead. 
they're flat. So it's very, very hard to see the bigger bands when there's lots and lots of people. But they had lots of screens and when they're working and got to catch the main parts of the action. You got to see everybody and even though they were like an inch and a half tall yeah. than where we were. Was it during Limp Biscuit where one of the screens just stopped working? There was like a big L shape that was just black. Prophets of Rage, I believe. Oh, Prophets of Rage. Yeah. So we got to see Limp Biscuit was not very good, but I got to see Fred Durst looking like shit, <laughs> being super so old. So funny. He wears the same clothes and acts the same, but yep. he looks like an old man. Because it's just the thing. It was he, pretty funny. He punched somebody in the crowd. Yeah. In the second song, I believe, he walked out into the crowd, punched someone. No, but to be fair, the person that he punched was like pulling at his t-shirt and like trying to get his shirt off. Oh yeah, yeah, but so it like, wasn't for nothing. But yeah, you still probably shouldn't punch people. No, not two songs into your set. <laughs> I was going to ask you what the name of I think it was the guitarist or the bass player, and he like painted his whole body black and his his teeth and everything. I do know his name, but I cannot recall it right now. But yeah, he's, he's known for doing crazy shit like that. The last time I saw him, he was painted all silver, including his teeth, um, except for he put red on his ass to make it look like his ass was bleeding, but he was <laughs> a silver man. And today it was just all black teeth inside his mouth, tongue, black contacts, fully fully blacked out all of it. Amazing. Is that really the only reason that there's a band? Very strange. You also saw Prophets. Prophets Rage was amazing. Oh, it was really cool. Northlane, I think, was the first band we saw. Northlane is always great. Yeah, we've seen them a few times. They always smash it. Just belt it out and leave. No effort. You made a funny comment about Northlane. That was that there's only one prerequisite of being in Northlane, and that's that your T-shirt goes past <laughs> your knees. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, no, the main singer, it's the first time we've seen his new hair. So he shaved his head off. He used to have, like, quite... Longish black hair. When they started, he looked like the most hardcore kid in the world. Yeah, like just like fringe and everything. Yeah. Now he's shaved his head and dyed it peroxide blonde, which I reckon actually looks pretty cool. He looked alright, yeah. It was just, it was very confronting. I always (laughs) think he looks alright though. But he looked alright. He's a baby. He's up there, he's amazing. Talking to people who look (laughs) alright, we saw uh, Falling in Reverse as well, as you guys know. We're big yet embarrassed fans of Falling in Reverse. We got to see. Ronnie Radke. Yeah, he's looking He's looking fit. He's lost a lot of weight since we saw him last time. Yeah. He got two songs in before he took his shirt off this time, which was pretty good. <laughs> no, it was a bit more than two songs It in. was, I okay, it was two was songs. Was it? Yeah, I think oh. it was two. The funniest part about that, though, was the couple in front of us. They obviously had never seen Falling in Reverse before. That's a hard sell. They got through about two songs, and they just kept looking at each other like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> And then um, after, I think it was our favourite song he played, the one that's like crazy and it's like goes up an octave at the end. Uh, Rolling, Rolling Stone. Stone. Yeah. Just let me go, I'm on my own, i Rolling Stone in time, in the zone. Don't let me fall, just let me know and we'll make it It's the most insane song because there's like crap. There's like pop vocals, there's hardcore vocals, there's like dubstep in it. Yeah. And then a breakdown. A breakdown. At the end, it goes up an octave. It's just like the craziest song you've ever heard in your life. This couple just looked at each other like, nah. The second off. We were, I looked at Kate and I went, are you ready for it? For the octave change? Because the octave change is just, it's not needed. It makes it. And we looked at each other and we went, yeah.
and then the object change happened, and these two people left. (laughs) It happened, they were gone. So brilliant. He's just such an entertaining dude. We've seen them twice now, and he's just such a showman. I just love when he doesn't need to sing, so he just starts freaking out. He just flails his arms and yeah. moves his neck and rolls his eyes back. And it's interesting dancing. Freaks out. It's crazy. He also did something very radky crazy. And he called Jacoby from That's Top right. of Roach in the middle of the set for no reason. And then he made everybody sing Last Cut Resort. Life into pieces. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> so funny. He could have just been faking it. I don't know. but No, it was definitely Jacoby on the phone. That was funny. But they always nail it. I don't know how they do it. Probably because they're really sober now. Did a lot of mic flips. Oh, he loves the mic flip. the mic flips. He loves the mic flip. And the thing that he does with his neck when he does hardcore vocals. Yeah, just like puts like his neck right down. Yeah. It looks like he's going to burst. I'm a... doing it, but no one can see. Yeah, that's, well, that's fair <laughs> enough. It looks like he's going to burst a goddamn blood vessel in his neck every time. Everyone, I love you, Ronnie. Everyone's just standing there just laughing at him. But that's what he wants. Like He wants everyone to just laugh, oh, he's got to get laugh, it. have a good time. He doesn't take himself seriously, and that's why he's so enjoyable to watch. He gets it, man. Like, he knows what's going on. And then there was also the reason that we went to download in the first place. See Corn With a K. Everybody knows <laughs> Corn has a K. Okay, in the backwards hey, someone, R. No, someone at my work was like, oh, I'm going to download. I'm like, oh, he's playing. I'm like, well, Corn at headlining. And they're like, who's Corn? And this, I'm not, this isn't an old person. This person is our age. Okay. He's 25, I want to say. So right. he's younger than us. Mm. Doesn't know who Corn is. Well, yeah. He knew who Limp Biscuit was, though. Well, yeah. But it's not like they were niche. Well, they were niche. Like only pretty, certain people liked them. They're pretty niche. But by everyone the time, knew who they were, though. By the time a twenty-five-year-old now would get into Corn, you'd be talking about Untitled. Mm. And that was, I love Corn, <laughs> but that was when the band started falling apart because they lost good people. Mm. Put on a good set. They always put on a good set. Like, head's back now, man. Head's back! Mm. So, the band is basically back. The only thing is that nobody drums like David. Not always a negative thing. Because <laughs> David did this really weird, disjointed drumming that, like, I love, but they don't do that now. So the songs don't sound the same. That's good, though. Yeah. But having head back, like, it's for the band. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. And they did all the classics. Like, they played, they played For You, which they basically always play. But they just played like Shoots and Ladders, which was really weird. And if you don't know Cornwall, Shoots and Ladders is where they sing nursery rhymes <laughs> <laughs> over uh, bagpipes. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was a very mixed set, which was nice. Yeah, it was very good. I really enjoyed it. They played your favourite song, Coming Undone. <laughs> Fantastic. Going away from me and freak on a leash and all those. Yeah, of course. It was great. I mean, overall, download was a success. I mean, this is the first year it's been on. Yeah. And they killed it. Yeah. I I was really happy because, you know, obviously after the whole Soundwave debacle, download is the new heavy festival. It is. And from what we saw this year, it looks like it's going to be good for the future and it's going to be able to keep going. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I'm excited because, I mean, first year out, we get Limp Biscuit Corn, Prophets of Rage. One that we forgot to mention, Good Charlotte. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you wrote it there, but I couldn't read your writing. <laughs> uh, Goop. Goop Charolette. Charolette. Charolette, yes. <laughs> that old chestnut. I can write and spell. So that was interesting as well. Yeah, apparently I still know all the words to all of Good Charlotte. And now they're both fat. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh. <laughs> they I were. I actually really enjoyed it though. Yeah, because they played all the old classics. Yeah, they basically just played the first two albums and that was it. Yeah, but I was like, once they play Keep Your Hands Off My Girl, everyone's going to fucking leave. And they but, didn't. No, they didn't play it. No, they played I Don't Want to Be In Love. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Instead, because they kind of have to. Right. But at least they didn't play any of their, like, Madden solo stuff, the Madden Brothers. Oh, well, they weren't there to do that. No, they, I mean, they came out and they played a good set, considering they're good Charlotte. <laughs> considering. I love it. It's better than the last time I saw them live when they couldn't even play the anthem. Mm. And, like, they literally couldn't play it. I, I wouldn't have been able to tell it was the yeah. anthem if I didn't know. I was actually quite surprised at how competent they were. Hmm. They were way better than I thought they were going to sound. They must have practised a fair bit. They were probably like, this is it, guys. This is the last oh, one. Yeah, yeah. Might have to make it good. Probably not going to come to Australia again as good Charlotte. No. Yeah, overall, really good day. A lot of music stuff going on since we got back, actually. I went to go see Kelly again. Yep. He used to be... Oh, he's he's still in Block Party. Block Party's still a thing. Yeah, Block Party's still a thing, but he does his own solo stuff, so he's the lead singer of Block Party. I've seen him solo once before as well, and that was like a club show where it was quite upbeat. Yeah. But this was more of like an acoustic set in an even more intimate venue. Yeah. And people were all sitting on tables and stuff. And yeah, I went with my friend Amy and we got dinner beforehand. And cute. Yeah, had some had some beers and watched Kelly. He's super cute. He's got an amazing voice. He played like a couple of block party songs as well. Like acoustic versions, which was pretty cool. Do people go moderately crazy for all being seated at tables? Yeah. <laughs> as crazy as you can go sitting at a table. Yeah. With your, you know, your dinner plate still in front of you. Oh, the computer's going to fucking freak out again. No, you saved it. Saved it. Also been a lot of new music, especially in the EDM trap realm. Ooh. <laughs> What's So Not brought out a full-length album. Quality? Um, it's okay, yeah. Moderate. It's not too bad. That's right. Break it down. Number ratings. Six and a half out of ten. Ooh, sucked in. <laughs> There's some okay stuff on there, but also a little bit generic. But speaking of generic, Alice... <laughs> so rough. Alice in Wonderland also brought out a full-length album. Yeah, it this was. This is her second full-length album. It was pretty... Yeah, it's real blah. Like, she's gone so downhill, no offence, but when she first came out, she was killing it. She came out with real good beats, and then she decided she wanted to start singing over all of her tracks. Oh, yeah, the singing thing. She's not a very good singer. <laughs> well, she's not. She's she's said that herself. Like, she's not trained or anything. Shot through the heart, Kate. <laughs> so it ends up being just kind of the same sound. Because she can't really do anything with her voice. Like, it's so all very it has, heavily it, it produced. has to be dumbed down to match with her. Yeah. The melodies are real simple. They're very, like, mid-range. And so every song just ends up sounding the same when she's singing over it. The only highlights of both of these albums, actually, the What's So Not and the Alice in Wonderland um, albums, were the tracks that they did with Slumberjack. 
So they both got a track with Slumberjack. Yeah, Slumberjack. <laughs> and they're some of the standouts on the album. Yeah, but they're amazing. Oh, yeah. Like Slumberjack are insane. Slumberjack are what trap is now? Yeah. I think something very exciting for you has happened recently. Something you've been waiting for for a long time. Yay! <laughs> so, DGD or Dance Gavin Dance, one of Kate's most favourite bands in the world, What at a new song. Second favourite band. With a new video. I said one off. Oh, yeah. Bought out a new song with a new video, which is insanely crazy, the video. It's called Midnight Crusade. First single off their upcoming album called Artificial Selection. Thank Christ, we've been waiting for this. Release date. Waiting. Release date June 8, I believe. Sweet. Very excited for it. I really like the song. I ended up listening to the song over and over again. And once I listen to it about four or five times, I'm just like addicted. I'm hooked. You do that thing that most people do where you find a song that you love, and most people will listen to it until they hate it. And you just. Don't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's incessant. Yeah, I never get sick of their stuff because there's always so much to grab onto in a DJD song because it's not just simple pop music, like it's just craziness. It's pretty insane, but I love it. The video is basically Tillian, who's like the clean vocalist, and he's created a robot who yeah. is John Mess, who's the dirty vocalist. Mm -hmm. And John is an absolute, absolute crazy person. He's an actual <laughs> mental case. We see him live, and he does dirty vocals, and if you know anything about hardcore and dirty vocals, nobody makes a straight face while they do it. It's very expressive. John Ness makes a straight face <laughs> the entire time. John Ness does not smile. He does not frown. He does nothing and he with just, his face. Yeah, except he stands there awkwardly. He, he stands, stands awkwardly awkward. when it's not his turn. <laughs> He's amazing. He's a very awkward person. Like I've seen interviews with him, and... He just doesn't really have very good social, like, interpersonal skills. No, but I love that about him. No, same. Like, it makes makes him a bit mysterious. He's and... such a fucking character. Yeah. Just because he's got no character. <laughs> so but I love him in this video as well. He's just losing his mind the whole time. Because all he does is try to make as many chins as possible and as crazy of a face as possible. He acts like he's trying to copy the aliens in Galaxy Quest. <laughs> That's what I realised. Oh, realized. I know what you mean. Yeah. Because yeah. he's just like, ah, the whole time. <laughs> video three or four times. It's so funny. Get on it if you feel like having some entertainment. Yeah, new DGD. All their videos are always a bit insane. Like, you know the one, the animal control one? Um, where there's all those rabbits? Oh, yeah, one? the rabbits. The people yeah. in rabbit outfits. Yeah. Then there's the other one where they're in the bakery. and all the, the bakery people, one is so insane. All the people are poisoning eating, themselves. Yeah, they're eating, like, pastries with green goo. Yeah. And then they all just, like, die. Yeah, DGD is crazy. It's one of those bands where, if you're a fan of DGD, we're not the ones telling you that the song has just come out. Like, yeah, you'll exactly. You'll just know about it. Exactly, you'll know about it. The videos are always good. They've also got their own, like, animator. Like, they've got their own characters, their animation characters. Well, yeah, you've got one tattooed on your back, so... Yeah, and I've got the robot. Punching out a zombie strawberry. Yeah, bit of a random tattoo if you don't know what I'm talking about. Not many people understand it, apart from your friend at work, apparently. Yeah, maybe you should get onto it so that you can work it out. Yeah, lots of music news. 
Maybe we should move on to <laughs> movies and TV. TV. <laughs> What's going on, boy? Exclamation marks. Well, um, I was trying to be excited about it, but now you ruined it. Because, guys, we bought a new TV! Oh! Good job. I thought you meant new TV, like new TV shows, not mm, new TV. No. Come on. I just ruined the news, didn't I? Come on. Pull your head in. Shit. <laughs> Beautiful new TV. It's pretty nice. Anyway. It's 55 inches. It is. It's 4K Samsung. TV. So okay. basically, uh, what that means is that now we can't watch regular TV on it because it looks shit. We can watch the um, HD channels like yeah, all SBS, All six of them. Yeah, I guess. Mate, if you really like TV, TV, and not like we love TV, as in we love Netflix. Oh my god. Probably don't get a book. Just reminded me when we went to, oh, this is something that comes up later. We went to a comedy show the other night, the other day. We did. And there was this woman sitting behind us. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just not really into TV. Like, I don't watch a lot of TV. All I watch is Bachelor in Paradise. Get the fuck out. (laughs) And she's like saying this like she's proud of it to all of her friends. Yeah, like it makes her cool. Makes you cool an individual because you don't know how the fucking remote works. So if you were her, you would not buy this TV because Bachelor in Paradise would look even more shit than it usually does. Which it looks like a turn of reheated shit. So I really like it. It's really good to have. We only need one remote. The remote has like six buttons on it. Yeah, it's so (laughs) easy to use. You press one button and then you've got your Stan, your Netflix, your SBS On Demand, on your ABC iView, YouTube, Spotify, like all in one place. And you can just... Go between them, no worries. It's fantastic if you don't like regular TV. I think lots of people have had these kind of TVs for a long time. Yeah, I think so, but never had the need. Yeah. We still don't have the need. Realistically, nobody has the need. Nobody needs a smart TV, but it's just... But the TV that we watched in the bedroom didn't have a TV guide on it, so we needed to buy a new TV. Yeah, that (laughs) pissed me off so much. Now I want another smart TV for upstairs, though. Because I get annoyed Why? when you go from downstairs to upstairs and it's like, oh, i got to turn on the PlayStation to watch Netflix. Well, oh. you, you don't. You just need to organise the Chromecast on your phone. I oh, know, I haven't <laughs> done that yet. I've organised my phone to go to the TV downstairs because I was playing Spotify off it yesterday. Yeah, that's two steps. Yeah. That was actually so good. Body pumping in the lounge room? Yeah. You know, two clicks and my body pump playlist was playing out of the TV. Killing it. Amazing. Technology these days, I just... But this is important, your TV. We're going to tell you about all the movies that we didn't watch on it. We watched The Machinist. been a very long time since I've seen The Machinist. I didn't really remember most of it. I think when I watched it originally, I didn't appreciate it at all. I liked it. I like all kind of psychological thriller movies. And I really like Christian Bale, who's the main character. Yeah. He looks insane in this film. Oh, it's so it's so scary. He probably weighs about 45 kilos. Because so, you know it's real. That he actually like lost all that weight for the role. Oh, yeah. Makes you feel sick. Yeah, he wouldn't have been able to really eat at all the whole time he was filming. No. You see all of his bones. Like, it's crazy. Man, it's awful. You can't really talk about the movie without giving it away. Because it's, it's a bit it. of a plot twist. Everybody's seen The Machines. Have they? <laughs> Well, it, this is the first time I'd seen it. If you haven't watched it, go watch it and Apparently skip like loves it. skip like four minutes ahead from right now. But basically, 
It kills a kid, goes crazy. Should have skipped. Your mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really liked it. I thought it was cool. It gave me like Memento vibes. Yeah. And I love Memento. That's a fantastic film. One that we need to watch again very soon. Yeah, Memento, Secret Window vibes. Secret Window. <laughs> Fuck Johnny Depp though, just quietly. Oh, bit rough. No, fuck him. So what would you give Machinists out of 10? It's probably like a... I'm looking at it through the guise of today, where everything's been fucking done. It's an old movie now. It's 2004. Exactly. So, visual media, it's quite old. So, probably an 8. Yeah, I think that's fair. An 8's pretty good, I think. Because I didn't guess what the twist was, but in a good way, not like that open house one where you don't guess the twist because there isn't one. Oh, and that's a twist. Don't even talk to me about that movie. <laughs> amazing or like shocking or anything. Like when that guy shows up, you're like, yeah, he's not real. Minute one. Yeah. Because you know it's a psychological thriller, so there's going to be something that he's imagining. Yeah. That's obviously that guy because no one else sees him. Yeah. So you reckon just that's his conscience manifested? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was, obviously it's him and it's kind of like the bad part of himself that he's created a character for. Yeah. Because he kind of tries to push that away from himself. It's like, well, that is you. Yeah, true. But he's trying to push it away. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Could have been a movie that was going for awards, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. One of those movies where someone alters their body to get an Oscar. Yeah, I feel like they would have just gone to Christian Bale, not to... Anybody be like, look at his acting ability, ribs. If they were going for an award, it would have just been how skinny Christian Bale could be. In a <laughs> the movie we watched on the downstairs TV was The House. How did you feel about The House? Fucking terrible. It was on the quick description The House. The House is a comedy with Will Ferrell and Amy Fowler. Fowler. Amy Fowler, thank you. The good Amy. The good one. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. And basically, they start an illegal casino in one of their friends' houses. Yeah, to raise money for their daughter to go to college. Jason Manzoukas, hell yes. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's the friend's house that they do this casino at, right? Yeah. The thing that just put me off with this movie was just, it didn't seem to go anywhere. Like, nothing really happened. Disjointed, like every single so time. So disjointed. So obviously jumping all over the place that you had to be like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know, is this movie actually this disjointed? It's like, yeah. Because you feel like it's warming up to getting in. It's like trying to rush into something and then another part of it's going to be quite long. But it just kept doing that thing the whole time. Yeah. You know, what's happening. I couldn't follow it. I would probably give this film a 3 out of 10. Ooh. And that's being, like, generous. I absolutely love her. She's amazing. She's so funny. And you know that all the like the crazy interpersonal bits were all just her. Yeah. She does that the best. But they weren't even. I reckon she looked at the film, and all the bits they let her improv, she just phoned it in because she knew. The cast was amazing. Like I'm, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that they all agreed to do it because it's probably a case of like one person did it, then everyone kind of like. Well, you know how they waterfalled pitch... into it and cascaded into it. You know they pitch all feral movies. As I say, Will Ferrell is A, and then they just put a word on the end, and that's how they sell them. So it would have been a Will Ferrell film, 
And then they're like, how do we get, well, who do we get to work beside him? Hmm. Who's coming up or who's up right now? Meta score 30. Sounds right. Marginally better than the house bunny. With Anna Faris, 5.5. That's rough. What's <laughs> with your movie when you're just marginally above the house bunny? You know something's wrong with your movie when a person who reviews TV and movies seems depressed talking about your movie? <laughs> <laughs> so we spent a lot of time on the plane. The flight to Japan is 10 hours. 10 hours. So we had to find a lot of movies to watch. We were with Qantas, they give you a nice, basically an iPad, but an off-brand iPad, to watch all the preset things that they've got going on. Anyway, I watched a new animated movie, Coco. It was... Very, very predictable movie. So you just knew, like, what was going to happen. There was one, like, little bit. It wasn't so much a twist. There was a twist in the movie, like there always is in these kids' movies. Really relatable kids' twist. But part of that wasn't... I wasn't able to guess it. But the main part was really easy. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen it, and I don't really want to know what the twist is, so we're going to leave that out. <laughs> Fine. We can ruin the machines, but we can't ruin Coco. But it was it was good. The animation was done really well. I don't know a way to put it other than there's a lot of old people in this movie who look old for <laughs> an animated film. Aren't they skeletons? It's about a kid who goes into the land of the dead. Some of them are skeletons. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. He goes to the city of skeletons, but he lives in the real world. It's a hard movie. The animation's really nice. The story's really nice, pretty happy-sad at the end. It's effective, happy-sad. Out of ten? Like a seven. Oh, yeah. Pretty solid? Mm. Not brilliant. We pretty much watched, like, all different stuff, apart from this one, like, mockumentary we watched called Tour de Pharmacy. Holy shit. <laughs> it was so funny. How did you even stumble across it? Because you started watching it first. And you were just pissing yourself, and I was like, what the fuck are you watching? Tell so, me right now. <laughs> so basically what happened was, I they have an A to Z on the plane of TV shows, and I stumbled across this, which isn't really a TV show, it isn't really a movie, but the picture for it was a picture of Andy Sandberg. So I was pretty much... The man himself. ...gonna watch it <laughs> from minute one. A mockumentary about the Tour de France. There's all these bikers in the Tour de France who pay an official to not be drug tested, who gets found out. Everybody who paid to not get drug tested gets kicked out. So that's everybody except for five people. <laughs> and one of those five people is Andy Sandberg. Andy Sandberg plays a white African. <laughs> and then you've got... Freddie Freddy Highmore. Freddie Highmore, the good doctor himself, plays... A woman pretending to be a man with a fake drawn on mustache. Hilarious. Orlando Blue plays a drug addict. Um, John Cena is in it as well. <laughs> also playing a drug you addict. You can't see me. Is that the right guy? Yeah, <laughs> that meme I sent you. That's John Cena. So funny. <laughs> One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And it had everybody had Nathan Fielder in it for interviews and 
everybody was a celebrity. Like the judge that they pay off is Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. Andy Samberg wrote this, right? Oh, he would have. Yeah, absolutely. Andy Samberg and the guys would have written it. But, man, it was hilarious. Everything in it killed me. Like, there's a big portion of it where Nathan Fielder just lists drugs and things that sound like drugs and, like, random stuff. And it's one of the funniest parts of the movie. And he describes how he feels because he has to try all the drugs. (laughs) The Tour de Pharmacy is one of the funniest genius finds I've ever seen in my life. And if you can find it, you have to see it. 7.1 out of 10. That's bullshit, mate. Deserves like at least a 9.5 out of 10. It was so funny, I couldn't even believe it. We all watched yeah, it. Yeah, we all watched it. We all started at separate times. You should watch it. It was so funny. I don't funny. know how you can watch it. I attempted to see it on YouTube the other day and I couldn't find it. Best part of the plane ride. <laughs> TV. Moving on to TV, guys. There's a lot of stuff written on here. There sure is. Should we stick with the plane theme? We found a great show while we were on the flight. Do you want to talk about it? It's an English show, like a dark comedy, I guess, with the guys from Peep Show, David Mitchell. Yep. And Robert Webb. <laughs> <laughs> so we're big fans of these guys. Obviously, we love Peep Show. They're fucking hilarious. We love anything with David Mitchell when he's on, you know, Would I Lie to You? QI, like anything. like He is the driest man. Yeah. He's so funny. So I saw this show on the plane. I was like, come, give it a go. It was pretty interesting. It's basically just about family. The patriarch of the family dies. Then Robert Webb comes and, like, infiltrates David Mitchell's family. Yep. And says that he's, like, an old foster son. Yep. And chaos just basically ensues. It was... Really funny. It was it was not Peep Show. No. But it was a great substitute for Peep Show. <laughs> we haven't really had any luck finding it. Well, you always it. find weird stuff on planes. The weirdest thing I think on the plane was they had Wonder Woman, but it was a like an annotated version of Wonder Woman. Yeah. So basically the film played and then a person with a monotone described what was happening and repeated all of everybody's lines over the top of the movie without them removing the audio of the actual film itself. It was so weird. Well, it's for visually impaired people, right? I have to assume, but like, even for visually impaired people would be annoying. Because you've got literally the audio of the film playing yeah. and then somebody slightly louder telling you what's happening and what people are saying, even though they just said it. Yeah. The same kind of version for Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, that's the one. There we go. Fuck Johnny Depp. <laughs> Again. Because <laughs> I really wanted to watch that movie, but that was the same thing. But the weird thing was is that they only had those versions. It's not like they had that version and then... Yeah, it was just that. I think that might have been somebody's oversight, surely. Yeah, it was really strange. A reminder, I also saw three billboards. Oh, yeah. Plane. You didn't watch that in the end. No. It was pretty good. The story is quite good. I really liked it. Nothing happens. Yeah, but nothing happens. Literally nothing happens in it. Interesting. And it's got a slightly weird racial tone because the only two black people in the film end up together. Liked it. Good. Watch it. Nothing happens. 
So while we're in Japan, some Japanese TV. It's so different. It's very different. You can't tell when the show is the show or when it's the ads. Yeah. And everything's just so loud and in your face. The news was equally as crazy and in your face. Well, the news that we watched was like big board and then all the stories were like behind trap doors. Yeah. And that's like open the trap door and then and then there's a story. Yeah, there's like a picture of Donald Trump looking orange. Yeah. But the news stories are like the presenters are the same. They're like straight faced and they're just old dudes talking about it. But they've got all this crazy shit going on. Yeah, it made it seem way more interesting. I liked how every time they did show Donald Trump, they put an orange filter yeah. over the whole thing. It and it was quite way noticeable. Way more orange. It was hilarious. But the other thing that was actually great about Japanese television was past about 10 p.m. Yep. They just played anime. And we were always awake at 10 p.m. Yeah. Well, that's sort of, you know, we'd get back, go for dinner, come home, and it would be about 10 o'clock and we'd chuck on anime yep. and keep drinking in our Airbnb. Stumbled across this anime called Pop Team Epic. Okay, so here's what's gonna happen. This is gonna be the thing. This is gonna be the next thing that appears. In like Western culture, yeah. yeah. So if you haven't heard of Pop Team Epic, give it like two months, two, three months. This is gonna be everywhere in Australia. Everywhere. One of those people who's like, we knew about it before it was cool, but. This is proof. We've got it recorded now. <laughs> what is it? The 10th of April, That's 2018. Right. You got it. Pop Team Epic. We found it first. <laughs> no, I but you know what I mean. Pop Team Epic is very difficult to describe. It's basically Japan's adventure time. But what it is, is it is a parody of anime itself. So it makes a lot of references to a lot of anime, and it makes fun of a lot of anime, and a lot of basic premises and tropes yeah. that anime has. And it makes fun of specific animes as well. But, so funny. <laughs> it's a very, like, now show, because kind of just, like, memes. It's kind of memes. It's memes the show. Yeah, very now. And I think it's just gonna explode. Like, there's already English dubs. You can find them on YouTube. Yeah. So we originally watched it in Japanese, and we even thought that that was just Oh my great. god, it was fucking hilarious It's actually in great in Japanese, so you should watch it in Japanese and English. Yeah. Because you kind of get like a different feel both ways. Yeah. And the characters are so cute. <laughs> it's just two schoolgirls, like young girls. Yeah. I can't even remember. Pop, 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 and Pipi chan Pipi chan yeah. <laughs> little key rings of them and we, we bought all this merchandise from japan we got so much stuff i spent 250 dollars on clothes and then because they're amazing and maybe like six or seven carrings and badges and they're yeah. like three bucks a pop yeah so it was instantaneous obsession well there's these things in japan called got japan you kind of get them here but not to the extent as in Japan. They're everywhere yeah like there's little plastic balls that have toys in you put coins in and then you turn the little dial and then the ball comes out and you get like a mystery prize or whatever and they had heaps of pop team epic ones yeah so he ended up just like yeah spending you know we lots of money a, went to a lot of tato stations yeah arcades became one of our little hangout spots we spent a lot of money but we could tell whether an arcade was good or not because of how much pop team epic stuff was in there <laughs> yep it's hilarious i bought a long sleeve shirt which i love 
and it has a fake Illuminati symbol with one of the eyes from the popular link, and it has Popkuchow all down the arm with flags that just say die <laughs> on it. And she's so cute, man. She's just ridiculous looking. She's so cute, but she's like an absolute psycho. She's crazy. They're both crazy. They're both crazy. But she's... She's probably more crazy. More crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love her so much. Yeah. I want to get her tattooed on me. She's amazing. So, Pop Team Epic, get onto it. You probably might not have heard of it, but holy hell. <laughs> Find it, watch it, do it, enjoy it. It's brilliant. You've got to be ahead of the game so you can get that merch. Buy that merch. Buy that merch. Buy that merch. Now. <laughs> The other anime we got into, you say it because you know how to say it. Oh, God. Um, Orgasmgambling.com. <laughs> um, Kakegurui. And um, I have no idea what it means. I looked it up. It means something like it's someone who gambles just for the fun of it because they love it. Right. Yeah. Well, that pretty much describes the entire yeah. show. It's basically about this high school where all the students gamble and that's the thing that happens there and that's how you get into like high society and like in the student council and shit but it's very sexualized <laughs> almost uncomfortably so yeah because they're supposed to be in high school yeah and they're betting like hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. on game games that obviously been made up for this anime and there's a lot of cheating involved so oh so much cheating part of it is being able to tell if your opponent is cheating i've been told by some people that in um, Eastern cultures, cheating is just part of the game. Yeah. And like you can cheat as long as you can get away with it. Yeah. It's not like a oh they're sneaky or mm. whatever. It's just like a the, a viewpoint. Yeah, that's it's the just thing like, here if you can as get well. Away with it. That's the thing here as well. Like no one ever really gets chastised for cheating. No. But you get chastised for like being found out that you're cheating and then losing because your opponent found out you cheated. Yeah, exactly. And then cheated you in return. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as you said, like super sexual. The main character, she's just moved to the school. She's real rich, gets into gambling straight away, and she's just keen for it. Like she just loves to gamble for the thrill of it, basically. Yeah. And yeah, it gets quite aroused whenever she <laughs> bets a lot of money. Yeah, and if there's ever any question, at one point there is a character who only got one eye. Yeah. <laughs> and she gets very excited by the threat of being shot in the head. Mm -hmm. So much so that she. Touches herself in the bathroom. <laughs> so if there's any question up until that point, they basically just sweep those feelings aside yeah. and you're basically 100% aware of what's happening. Well, we were, because we were looking up the other day whether there was going to be a season two, because season one is out now on Netflix, actually, dubbed in English, so you can go and watch it right now. Yeah, I, I'd say go for it. <laughs> it's very entertaining and addictive. You just kind of want to keep watching it. Like, it's fucked. But you just want to watch it. Yeah, it does that thing that some animes do where the people look normal and all the same, and then once in a while they go crazy face. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> and it can make you a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so we were looking up whether it was going to be a season two. It has been announced that there's going to be a season two, but they're also making a live action make of the first season. Yeah. Which we're like, oh, how's that going to be? Like, are they going to make it as sexual? Because it's going to be weird because. I looked up the casting and the main character, she's actually 17, like the actor's 17, he's going to play the main character. Yeah. And that's kind of like, oh, that's going to be pretty weird if they try and make it. It's going to be a bit ill. Yeah. 
So I don't know if but I'm they're, they're going to watch if it's going to be like that. Maybe they're going to try to hide it a little bit better. Yeah, or make a bit it more, more subtle. More insinuated. Yeah. See, so yeah, the okay. only other thing we really watched while we were in Japan, just so we could sort of be be on target, but in English, was we began again watching the Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge series. I never watched it before. Well, for me again. What's his name? Little Karibo. Little Karibo. <laughs> You're a fucking legend. Dobbs over it, meta comments and makes jokes and... It's pretty funny. There's, there's of course, some misses because he tries to do it every episode, one episode at a time. And some episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! are, like, pretty shit anyway. Oh, my so God. filler. <laughs> yeah. And the filler has filler. <laughs> exactly. So, but that's great. If you're a big fan of first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! I recommend you watch it. It's, it's just been funny. so much easier for us to watch, like, YouTube and stuff now that we've got that new TV. Well, yeah, we were forced to watch YouTube in Japan because... The second place that we stayed didn't even have a TV. Oh, yeah. But we had access to um, Netflix. Yeah, Japanese Netflix. Mm. So I actually quite enjoyed watching TV in Japanese. And then when, when we got back, it was nice to watch that versus Arashi show that we watched. Oh, yeah, that was good. Like, like SBS Iceland. Yeah. That's like a game show where I think they're a band or something. Yeah, they go pop, against other people. Animal. Yeah, they go against other people and all these challenges. And yeah, it's pretty cool. We got back into iZombie actually, which I'm pretty happy about. Oh yeah, I didn't understand how far behind we were getting. I know, they're in season four already. We, were, we weren't even halfway through season two, guys. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. I thought we were like, we only had two Almost up to left. date, yeah. But we just seem to have lost track of it. Um, we're on season three now though. A couple of episodes into season three. Yeah. I'm loving it again. Like, I've always liked iZombie. You know what you're getting with it, and it's formulaic. But it's, it's, not, it's not a procedural show, but it does have that kind of formulaic, like, there's a murder, everything, you know, every episode, but then there's a lot of other stuff going on at the same time, so yeah, it's, it's not the, just, like, CSI or something. You know? It's got the house elementary yeah, yeah. comfort zone thing going on, but it hides it from you, but you still feel mm. that level of comfort. Yeah, definitely. So I, I really like it. Yeah, I'm really excited to get it back up to date. Then we'll have to go week by week again. We got a bit pissed off at uh, for the last episode of season yeah. two. Did you read the article I, I sent you? I did. I don't agree with any of the comments. Oh, okay. At all. End of season two. What's that woman's name? Rita. Rita. Thank you. Rita goes crazy at the end of the episode and gets shot in the head for no reason. Why does she go crazy? I know she's got like angry zombie or whatever. A lot of people are like, oh, maybe some of the crazy zombies scratched her, which is not... I don't think that's a thing. Not a thing. And then even if she's gone zombie crazy, like, she's already killed somebody in their brain. I think she was just overwhelmed with emotion and she just lost it. I think they just didn't want to have her back for the next season. Maybe she didn't want to be back for the next season. Also possible. In the context of the show, it didn't make sense. So, you wrote Yu-Gi-Ho. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's funny, isn't it? Did you do that on purpose? Yeah. Yugi. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course I wrote it on purpose. We were watching a lot of Dragons Den. People are dumb. Nothing to say about that. We were spoken about that before on the podcast, I feel like. We have. I really like Dragons Den as just a nothing. Yeah. It's a nice background show. It is, but some of the people in there are fuck dumb. 
And just like, how much is your company worth? And they're like, $17 million. And they're like, how did you get to that? And they're like, oh, I made $3,000 last year. And they're like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Get out. And that's most of them now. Do you own the patent to the product? And they're like, no. no. Like, do you, do you manufacture the product yourself? No. no. And you're like, well, then you don't have a company. What are you doing here? There's a lot more rejections than offers now. Yeah, definitely. The episode we just watched before had no offers. No. Oh, oh, no, no. The last guy ended up getting an offer. The last two guys. Okay. With their stupid tracking thing. Yeah, use your keys to find your phone, use your phone to find your keys. And the only difference was that you could change the battery. It's a good, it's a good nothing show. I have too much expectation that I'm going to find something cool and new and like interesting. But it's not that. It's not a show for inventors. The other thing that we got right back into, which I love, it's hilarious and just such a joy to watch and probably a big bit of nostalgia coming in, but it's not like it used to be. It's just great. Feels good, funny, clever. Right, isn't it? Yeah, I bought a really cool jacket in Japan. It's like a Mojo Jojo jacket. It looks sick. <laughs> it's black and it's just got all these different pictures of Mojo Jojo. And it says Powerpuff Girls on it. I think it says Mojo Jojo. Probably. It's really cool. I wore it to work on Friday, but no one commented on it. I was really sad. Scum. I don't think anyone really knew what it was. <laughs> Scum. How do you not know who Mojo Jojo is? The new Pop of Girls is great though. It's it's got a completely different feel. It's got a new theme song. Um, the girls look the same. The characters look the same. The voices are the same, but the writing is just on point. It's a total upgrade. They've updated the writing staff. I don't know who the hell is writing this shit, <laughs> but whoever is doing it deserves a fucking. I don't even know what kind of award you can get for writing cartoons, but they need to get the highest accolade. It's fucking hilarious, man. Just the simplest shit is making us just die. I think people are working out how to do it in the confines of kids. Definitely. Like they sort of get, I stick with the same point that I made before. They know that the kids are just going to be like, colours. Mm. So they're making the shows for 20-somethings who've just had those kids mm-hmm. who have to watch that shit. And it ain't shit no more, man. It's hilarious. It shows has just really expanded. Yeah. Well, I know that people like you and I are going to watch it as well. Yeah. Because it's amazingly written and so funny. People don't understand that, but... You are going, oh, Power of Girls, what the fuck are you talking about? It's on stand, so you can watch it. It is on stand. It. it is so funny. Watch the beauty pageant one. Because <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> it's just the one bit, though. Don't say it, though. I won't. I won't. But not just that, like, there's, like, the bit where they break out of jail. Yeah. It's, and Bubbles, so fucking cute. Oh my god. Well, it's just, it's hilarious. She wears this little bear dress. It was really cute. It's so cute. It's so funny. I just can't even with Bubbles. I just love her. I love them all. They're so funny. Your favourite's Buttercup. Uh, sorry, not Buttercup. Yeah, of course I like Buttercup. Oh, yeah, Buttercup, yeah. Nobody likes Blossom. No, Blossom's Blossom's a bossy bitch. <laughs> it was funny in Japan, like, wherever you went to buy Powerpuff Girls merch, all the bubble stuff was gone. Always, all the bubble stuff. Because they're obviously, like, obsessed with cute stuff, kawaii stuff. 
I feel like Buttercup was probably the least popular. It was like Bubbles and Blossom stuff was harder to get. Yeah. Buttercup's the best one. Yeah, it's just cool. Talking about games, y'all. You got a new game. When we bought the TV, we had a sneaky squiz. We did answer this in Japan quite a few times. But we can't really walk past and not buy Kate a Kirby game. We bought the new Kirby game. Yeah, I actually ended up getting three Kirby plushies from Japan. How many did you end up with? 16. 16 plushies. <laughs> that I bought back. That's right. Three of them, very big. Yeah, Josh bought a new bag so that he could put my plushies. It was my fault because I won you a two foot long seal and a Porygon that was so big that we broke it, taking it out of the claw machine. A Sylveon. A Sylveon. Jesus. She's and then you bought Japanyan from Yokai Watch. In a box. <laughs> because it wasn't assembled. Yeah, it was a model that I had to put together and I didn't realise. But I just had to buy another backpack and we were all G. Yeah, we didn't even go over on weight or anything. Because I, I barely took anything. Yeah. I took 13 kilos and I came back with about 25, I think. Yeah, because you're still five under. Yeah. And my stuff only weighed 11 kilos. And you I had a big clothes. plushie in your hand luggage and I had a big plushie in my hand luggage. Yeah, we nailed it. Yeah, it all worked out, so it was fine. Yeah. Kirby, I brought my three plushies from Japan. And yeah, we bought the new Kirby game. I can't even remember what it's called. Friend something. Friend something. Yeah, friend something. Friends and Ally Allies? Star Allies? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Pretty classic Kirby game, but in this one, you get to. You have three friend like allies. That yeah. You grab by throwing a heart at them. Yeah, and they get to be on your team. Yeah. And you can do the same thing, like you can inhale and get powers and stuff. Yeah. But then you can also like level up your powers using your allies. Yeah. Which kind of creates like another whole bunch of special abilities you can do. And yeah, these allies follow you around and they help you like fight enemies and stuff. And it ends up being quite easy because they do like a lot of the stuff for you. Yeah, but you can't see. That's the only thing about, yeah. like, about this game. It's a little again. bit it's, busy. Like it's fun, but it's so busy. And, like, if you want to get a new ally and try, like, get a new... Because the enemies become your allies and you throw a Recruit is the word that's what you Recruit a new ally. Yeah. You can't do it because some prick is <laughs> behind you who's got, like, bombs and he throws a bomb and then some other asshole has got a sword and then the other dickhead's blowing fire. They are barely on the screen and they're dead. Yeah. You're like, no, that was my new friend. And yeah. they just burnt to a crisp. Yeah, they're dead already. You can't absorb a new power, like... You can walk through an entire level without getting a new power. Yeah. Because they just fertilize everybody. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think it's pretty fun. Oh, it's fun. It's very classy. Classic and game. the remotes work pretty well for it. The Mario Odyssey and stuff was fun, but there's parts of it when you're like, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah, you have to really get used to it. But Kirby is like pretty easy to, to play. It's super easy. Yeah. Classic yeah. Nintendo, smashing it again. We haven't really got that far into it, but it's been pretty easy so far. Two big areas or whatever, really quick. Yeah, it seemed pretty easy. So it's pretty easy. Maybe we'll get harder. Some of the things, of course they have puzzles, so you have to work out how to use the allies to do the puzzles. But they just oh, like, yeah. but they just give you the allies. But it's classic Kirby, like look for the door, mm. get to the end. Mm. 
collectible shit. Exactly. My but, favorite kind of game. Yeah. But all the sounds, it's got all those dopamine inducing sounds <laughs> Kirby's famous for. So. Yeah. Love that shit. But we've got back from Japan. We've got presents from Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe bought us presents for our birthdays and we hadn't got them yet. So I got a Beyblade Burst Arena. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> so Beyblade's come a long way since I was a kid. Because it used to be just, you know, let it rip and then you just wait until one of them stops moving. But now they've got like pressure triggers in them. So they just fucking explode. <laughs> so all the arenas have lids and stuff now. And that one has like this things you put on the side and one's a claw and one's a sword and you're like trying to fuck each other's Beyblades up. It was so exciting. Like that one run that we did where both of them just exploded. They just exploded. We, <laughs> like the so first, awesome. the first time we played it, I was like, what's this fucking lid bullshit? And then we played it and the Beyblade exploded and we were like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> ah, put the lid back on. It's to protect children's eyes. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I get it now. I'm surprised we couldn't work it out from Beyblade Burst being the name of the Beyblades now. Oh, it's super cool. I really want to buy some more because, you know, they've all got different stats. So some of them are real defensive and they're, like, tough and they stay in one spot. And then some of them are, like, attack and they're a bit lighter so they move around and, like, try and bash the other ones. Yeah, but you just got to get the highest defense and sit there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what wins, matches. Yeah. But it's really cool. Having been bought this boy, Uncle Job and I went back and watched the first episode of the very first season of <laughs> How was that? Holy shit, it was crazy Actually, we amazing. Watched it as well, didn't we? Yeah, we watched it together. Nostalgia just flooded over me. But oh, not just terrible. that, the animation was garbage. Oh my god. <laughs> like the kind of anime animation where. They say one word overly extended and there's no movement in the frame. Like, uh, the character's name was Tyson. And his grandfather was like stereotypical cool, so he calls him like dog and stuff. <laughs> and the best part of the first episode is Tyson's running away and his grandfather yells, Tyson! 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 But it's way too long and the face doesn't move at all and then Tyson falls over. <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> the animation was terrible. Great nostalgia. All the theme songs. Beginning and end. Let it rip. Let it rip forever, guys. You also got a pretty nice present from Uncle Joe. Makes me think of farts. Let it rip. <laughs> yeah, I got a, a board game called Cradium. Fucking love Cradium. We played it at a friend's house. Like six of us. We were very drunk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get real competitive when I play board games because I'm yep. not actually a competitive person in life generally. That's just where you funnel it all into yeah. board games. That, that is where my competitiveness just flourishes. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you told them. Yeah, especially when there's alcohol involved. Every time we start a board game with people who haven't played board games with us before. I always give them a warning. Yeah, Kate always warns them. <laughs> and this was no exception. No, she's like, I'm very competitive. And I'm gonna win. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's we, the gate warning. And we did fucking win, bitches. <laughs> and then um, Nehal the next day. Nehal the next day was like, "I'm really glad that you guys won." Because <laughs> it seemed like she really wanted to win. Just <laughs> like, yep, that's gate. That's gate. She's my favorite. No, it was a fun game. I really enjoyed 
the Play-Doh aspect of it. You get like a little tub of Play-Doh and you get to make models and stuff. Yeah. I reckon next time. Well, it was a bit dog that, that Neha and Job ended up just doing all those red cards when they were like on the last stage. Yeah, red cards are very American questions. And... and they're like stat questions and a lot of them you just kind of have to guess. Yeah. It's like, which two out of these five things is wrong? Or yeah, so you had a pretty low chance if you were just guessing. Yeah. Win. So I was thinking next time <laughs> we should make a rule that you can only do, like, the same card twice in a row or something. But then we wouldn't have won, so. I think the best thing to do would be you can do the card and then if you don't get it right, then you can pick third time. Maybe you got to do it twice <laughs> and then the third one. Maybe, like, the fifth time you get to choose. The fifth. You're rough, mate. <laughs> I've got better than ever, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, this time on Pilot Era, we watched Altered Carbon. Why did we watch this show? Because lots of people told us to watch it, and now I don't like them anymore. <laughs> I've actually heard quite a, quite a few good things about the show at the start, when it started. Yeah. People will watch a few episodes, you'd be like, oh, this show's so good, you know, it's the best new sci-fi show that's out there. And then once people had watched the entire season, I think they realised that there wasn't really much of a payoff, and then I was starting to hear negative things about it. So very mixed. Well, I had only heard that there's lots of gratuitous sex scenes in there, <laughs> none of which we got to see in the pilot. Thank you very much. Well, there was, in the shower at the start. Yeah, but that wasn't... That wasn't, like, full-on sex scene, though. No. Would you continue watching this show? Well, in the quick notes that I made for this podcast, I wrote Altered Carbon, I underlined it, and then I wrote Lame with three exclamation points. I'm really not interested in watching the rest of the show. No. Do you want to do the synopsis so we can start tearing this mother apart? Set in a future where consciousness is digitalised and stored. A prisoner returns to life in a new body and must solve a mind-bending murder to win his freedom. 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah. Out of 67,000 reviews, which is pretty good. I don't know. I feel kind of weird that I didn't even enjoy the first episode. I was just really bored the whole time. <laughs> I found myself just doing other stuff. Yeah. Uh... We'll just put a disclaimer. This is again just our opinion alone. Mm -hmm. But it was fucking boring, guys. A lot. Of, I can understand how a lot of people get sucked into it because you don't know what's happening, and for a lot of a lot of stuff, you can sort of like they give you like little bits of it, and you can sort of be interested just to find out what's happening. But in this, I I don't care, and it's just a combination of stuff we've already seen done perfectly. But none of those things is the focus. So it's like consciousness is a little plug you put in the back of your neck and like you can transfer it to a new body. Ghost in the Shell did that. <laughs> but at least you got a robot body. And then there's a super soldier from the future who's got a new body. Boring. So a murder of somebody who can't remember if he killed himself or if somebody else killed him because backed up his memory to the cloud and then downloaded it into a new thing and put himself in a new body. To be fair, though, I really like that guy, James Pure, Purefoy. The evil guy from the following. the following. I liked him in The Following. Didn't seem to give a shit in this. Oh, he didn't have much to do. I mean, it's just an intro to his character. 
It looks really show. nice. It looks amazing. I can't step past that. I wouldn't have any improvements to make on the visuals at all. But that doesn't make it a good show. Impressive looking, hardcore beauty. Lots of people are just talking about how it looks in these reviews. <laughs> how it looks doesn't matter if the story is shit, guys. It's a generic average at best story. That sounds like what we think. That's it. It's boring. It started with a bang, ended with a meh. <laughs> Visually stunning, but lacking on everything else. <laughs> there you go. I, I haven't read these reviews before, before we did this, no, like, before no. we made our statements, and these are literally saying what, what we just said. Yeah. Basically, if we weren't recording ourselves watching it, I probably would have been on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just looking at the cats. <laughs> we did play, we played with the cats for a big portion of it. Yeah. Check them out now on a new episode of Polidera's Pajama Era. But we played with them for a long time before I realised that we hadn't even paused the show. Mm. I just didn't care. And there was a few times where we, like, looked at how long there was left to go because we were like... Oh, like six times. Time. Like six times. If you keep checking how long there is left in the show, that's bad sign. And it's an hour. This pilot's an hour. Oh, it sucked. It's too long. I might be being very harsh on it. It looks great. I can understand how people get sucked in because they only give you, like, they don't explain. They do that thing that sci-fi, like, hard sci-fi likes to do where they just throw terms at you but they don't give you a description and then you're just supposed to learn what they are over time yeah, yeah. by, like, context clues. But I don't care, you know what I mean? I just didn't care enough. Like, I don't care about the guy who's murder you're supposed to solve. I don't care about the super soldier guy. The person I cared the most about was, like, some animated person in the hotel. The owner of the hotel. Yeah, I don't really shit about he that. was actually interesting. I like that guy. Now that you mention it. Um, I think also because you see this character, you see his original body, and then you see his new body, and there's like a disconnect. Like you don't have a chance to really learn about who this person is before they're thrown into a different body. No. So, so it's hard to like care yeah. about them. Oh, you don't give a shit. What I found weird was that they started off well, they give you a bit of background about him and his sister or whatever. And they live on a different planet other than Earth. Oh, my God, so regional. But they look human. Obviously Asian children. During the show, they show you, like, all of his old mug shots and he's, like, been all these different races. But when he gets killed, he looks the same as when he was a kid with his sister. Bring that back around. But it didn't really work. Why didn't, they go, the other, other reason. Why didn't they go the other way? I think that would have been better. It would have been something. I mean, something different. This How is, many shows have a, like an Asian man as a main character? Um, I believe ones that are about Asian men. Because then this dude goes throughout the whole show and he's got a Japanese name. Takeshi. The only thing I really cared about that was because I was annoyed about it. They take their, they're called stacks, aren't they? Which is where like all your personality is downloaded yeah. or whatever. Also, concept does not make sense because... A little chip in the back of your neck is not going to replace all the neurons in your brain, which is how you form thoughts and ideas and the human that you are. I think it's just a backup of your brain. Yeah, but if you put it in a new person, it's going to change their brain into your brain. Getting out is fine. Whatever. Just saying. They're in prison. If they don't get woken up at all, they're just dead, right? But when they do get woken up, it doesn't feel like you've been in prison. Mm. So the guy's, like, in prison for 250 years. Feels like a blink. Mm. What are you learning from this? Punishment. <laughs> no, it's flawed punishment. But 
But I guess if you never came back, it would be punishment because you'd pretty much be dead. You'd just be dead, though. But this guy only got brought back because that rich guy wanted him to solve his murder or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But he doesn't... It's not like I've been in prison. I'm hardened from prison. He's just like, I died yesterday. I was thinking about that part where that young girl gets put in an old woman's body. Yeah, because it's just without lying around. She comes out of the facility and her mum recognises her, even though... Because you recognise the twinkle in their eyes. It's not even their eyes! Yeah, how could you... There is no way. There's no way, it doesn't make sense. The other thing that I was wondering about was that why do they have spare bodies? Because they're like, when you're two, they put one of these stacks in your spine and then it records you as a person and you can be moved into a new... What are they called? Sleeve. Sleeve. Gross. So where are they getting these people Double from? sleeving. Double... Oh. Stop it. <laughs> you fucking disgusting. I think... So double sleeving was when you have, like, two copies of your disc, right? And then you put them in two bodies, so two sleeves. And you're double mm. sleeving. That's illegal because you can't have You've got a copy two of versions yourself, of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Double sleeve. I actually sleeve. kind of like that part of it. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Like, that's a crime. But that was the only concept at all that had not been covered in yeah, like a superhero like multiply yourself kind of way. Yeah, it was quite different. I like that. But it was like mentioned in passing and just like, but yeah. back to it. Where are the bodies coming from? Well, stacks get destroyed. They must just keep the bodies yeah, but, and store them. But you're talking about someone being shot through the back of the neck <laughs> in a way that doesn't paralyze them. But maybe they can like regenerate the bodies and make them oh, yeah, like new. I didn't think about it like that. But then why don't they just make them good? It's still the government that are doing this program. They probably just make the bodies good enough for another stack to go in and they're like, yep, roll it. It just seems weird. Like, you definitely have a lack of them. People die all the time and they just, like, move their stack across. But um, often do, do stacks get destroyed and people don't get badly enough that the government can fix their neck or whatever. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like there's a disconnect somewhere. Maybe you find out later. Because if they could repair people's bodies, why when people are killed do they put them in new bodies at all and just fix them? Mm. True. That was the only part that I even gave the moderest of shits about. Not the actual story, just like the kind of... Just the, the whole. The canon, like, yes. Yeah. World stuff. Just the plot hole. That's yeah. all I cared about. So, shall we do some ratings? Yeah, it's done, guys. We didn't like it. What would you give acting in this? Oh my god, like a one? Like you every... think it was that bad? Oh, everybody was terrible. Because I don't know if the guy's obviously supposed to act like hard or whatever. Mm. He was a bit wooden. But like, yeah. it was so bad. Wooden, he was like fucking concrete, mate. It was bad. And then your mate did the same acting job for some reason, <laughs> even though they're different characters. Everybody was very sterile. Mm. But I don't know if that's, like, a choice because yeah. it's, like, the future and yeah. people are sterile in the future for some reason. But, like... Maybe it's just going to take a while to warm up to the main guy because, yeah, he has just, like, arrived at this new time. He doesn't really know what's going on. He's in a new body. Yeah. And that's why he appears concrete or whatever. He's just a pissy dickhead. Like, he just gets heaps of drugs and just gets drunk and then goes to, like, a prostitute hotel. I like the unicorn backpack. That was pretty good. But that's he so... He just buys the whole backpack off him. Such a lazy joke. Where's he got this money? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
Just stuff like that. The only thing I cared about for this show was the potholes. That was it. Yeah, maybe in time, I might warm to this guy and like care about his struggles and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but then but, you'll then you'll be halfway through and you'll be like, oh yeah, this show's okay. And then we already know that the end of it's shit. So you'd have a peek and then. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Just like Jack on a roller coaster. No, what I was what I was gonna say. People might warm to him and he might get better, but yeah. I'm never going to know that because I'm not going to watch it. No way. I'm not wasting my fucking time with this. <laughs> Have you seen how much other stuff there is to watch? Mm. You'll be watching Unreal. There's a lot going on right now. Actually, there was a new episode of Unreal today and I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it tomorrow morning. You think you're going to watch Old Carbon before you watch that? No way. There you go. <laughs> Unreal is an amazing show. So acting, what do you give it out of 10? Oh, it's average. I'll give it a 5. Oh, that's generous. <laughs> Costume. What happened there? Because everybody still just wears khakis and shirts, even though it's been how long? Like he, so it's supposed to already be in the future before he gets killed. Yeah. And then he's in prison for 250 years on top of that. And everybody just wears tracky dacks and, and yeah, it's future, future. Kmart shirts. I don't know, maybe that's just what they were going for. They weren't going to go for over the top, like, ooh, futuristic. Like space clothes. We're talking about minimum like five hundred years they're going for from here. People aren't shopping a Kmart. I would be. Well, yeah, Kmart's the best. Loyal to the end, mate. Kmart's the best, but like, you know what I mean. Kmart's not going to start the same shit. Yeah. Give somebody like a shoulder pad or something. God damn. Eighties <laughs> comeback. Well, isn't that what always happens in the future? Yeah. Do we go back to the eighties? Yeah. Costuming lazy. Cops break in have like interesting shit going mm, on. I was gonna say that. But it's all stuff we've seen. Kind of reminded me of like Halo or something. They're like I can see that, yeah. weird Halo armor on. Yeah. And like those electric guns that apparently short out your stack. Pretty Halo. So yeah, it reminded me of Halo. Yeah. Just put the headline around. The kind of look of it. Okay. Direction. So nobody can fault what it looks like. No, it looks really cool. It looks fucking great. It looks like, we were saying, it looks like Tokyo. It does look I like think, Tokyo. I think it might be set in Japan. Or Futuristic Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, it feels a bit like that. It's very fluorescent lights. But then they have, like, the eyepiece that you put in. So you can, so you can see all the fucking ads all the time. Yeah, so you have to put... Ads. You have to put an eyepiece in to see all the ads, and then you have to inject an ad blocker into the back of your fucking neck so you can't see them? What's the point of that? I don't understand why you can put that eyepiece in. I was a bit confused about that. Yeah. But that was it. It was just like so you could see the ads for stuff and see what the buildings were. Then why would anyone put the eyepiece in? I don't know. It's weird. It must have done something else that wasn't really communicated. Maybe not in the first episode. Well, his, it probably targeted towards him because he's like a young guy. They're all like pretty much... Prostitution ads. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So you're just walking around with that 24-7. That would suck. Yeah, so the way it looked, I think 7 out of 10. I'd, I'd say, yeah, 7 or an 8. Because it looked amazing. It was just like, it wasn't enough. They must have spent a fair bit of money on it. I would have spent so much money on it. Mm. It's like the Netflix original hard sci-fi show. Mm. It's their break into proper sci-fi. So we spent a shit ton of money on it. Yeah. And it looks amazing, but it seemed like that was all the focus was. There's a, not even a future soldier, there's a past soldier in the future future who 
this is fucking lie to me in the future. And based on like and inclinations and things, they can work out any situation, learning language, all that sort of shit. So it's just another super soldier thing. Solve whether the guy murdered himself or somebody else because he can't remember because his backup was 10 minutes away or something. Yeah. For 48 hours. So the guy forgets 48 hours. I'll give it a 3 out of 10. 3 is fair. They tried to bring new elements into old plots, which is like a good way to do it, but it was mostly old elements. You can't bring two new elements into 50 old elements and make it interesting. Overall, not bad at all. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. And I can see it's trying to be like a, a pretentious show and I just don't. It's boring. It is very boring. <laughs> directions was terribly bad it's just it's based off a book you know ultra carbon the book would actually probably be quite good what is with his full ripped body like that's that? that's what the show is about it's just about this guy's ripped body well that um ready player one movie just came out that's um apparently about some guy who's obsessed with 80s pop culture it's from a book as well but i was listening to a podcast by the bros about it today apparently right. there's a lot of like 80s pop culture references in it. I bet. Not it's like really. there's like a virtual world because the real world shit ass. Yeah, it's like a and like, Yeah, thing. and like yeah. all the people are trying to win this game. But it seems like just a movie so they can put as many pop culture references yeah. in it as possible. Because there's like the Iron Giant, all these characters from different TV shows and video games and movies and shit mm. are just going to be crammed in. I don't know how they get all this money, like all the money to pay for all those IP. It's directed by Steven Spielberg, mate. So the people just probably gave it away. Yeah. Probably watch it. But. Not at the same Not at the same I'm not that interested to us. Mate. We weren't even born in the 80s, so. Mate, we've got a 4K TV now. We don't need to go to the cinema. <laughs> Get people to pay us to watch our TV. Fucking hell, it's a ripoff, mate. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about Ultra Carbon or any of these other things? I don't want to be too polarizing because I know we said it was not very good a lot. Might really enjoy it, and some people might not have seen this sort of thing before, and I can understand all of that. But just from our point of view, I'm glad that I watched it, and I'm glad that I watched it with you, and I'm glad that we did it for the podcast. But I don't want to watch it anymore. I'm done. Traumatic. We didn't talk about the um, the opening sequence, how it was just like him floating in like water or media or whatever. Oh, so lame. It was like four minutes. It was so long. Just shots of him floating. Yeah. I'm like, okay. They've got to get as much ripped body as they can in yeah. that thing. Yeah, well, it sets you up. You're like, all right, I'm gearing myself up for an hour of just boring. Abs. <laughs> boring abs. I don't give a shit about abs. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> That's why I'm with you. I do not have abs. <laughs> on that note, so contact us. We are on all the social pipes. Instagram. Just search Pilot Error Podcast, Twitter at Pilot Error Pod, and Facebook as well, Pilot Error Podcast. Like us, follow us, message us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd absolutely love to hear from you guys. We're back, guys. We're back. It's <laughs> fine. And look out for our videos this. too. So our new YouTube channel, we haven't actually made it yet, but... It'll I'm be Pilot Error Podcast. <laughs> we're just going to call it Pilot Error Podcast. There'll be... All the videos of us watching the pilots and also some highlights from our trip trip to Japan. So absolutely, look out for that. We'll see you next time, guys. Mm-hmm.
Bye.